Well, across the country, so many people, so many families are gathering in our cathedrals in all of the cities across the country because it's this time of year where a special opportunity takes place where the entire community is invited to watch as young men present themselves before their archbishops. Well, and take those steps towards their priestly ordination. Well, in the Archdiocese of Seattle, that is coming up on June 3rd. I have the wonderful opportunity this morning to talk with one of these transitional deacons that's preparing. Well, just in a few, well, short week, we'll be making those steps at St. James Cathedral in Seattle. Deacon John Paul Tomasi is joining us today. While he lives here in Oregon with his family, well, he will be a priest in the Archdiocese of Seattle. Joining me today to tell us a little bit about how he's feeling as we lead into these days ahead of his priestly ordination. Good morning, Deacon John Paul. Thanks so much for joining us today. Good morning, Brenda. Thank you. It's a blessing to be here. Well, for our listeners, tell us a little bit about kind of your upbringing. You're from a a family. I think that many people know you on both sides of the river. Kind of tell our listeners a little bit about your upbringing and how the priesthood was made an option for you to choose as your vocation. Yeah. um, Well, uh, as you mentioned, my family lives in the Portland area. We grew up going to Holy Rosary in Portland, uh, and I, th- I think we would say our ex- our extended family, especially uh, on my mom's side, uh, um, uh, practicing Catholics, uh, had a pretty strong practice of the faith. The holidays were big, especially uh, Christmas and Easter, um, but certainly you know, Sunday Mass, attending daily Mass uh, often. So, um, yeah, so we had a strong practice of the faith. Um and I think just within that, simply par- as a part of that, the priesthood uh, was always uh, something that was presented to me and to my brothers as a possibility uh, that, that God could be calling us to that, that uh, I think all of the kids in my family were aware that God could call to uh, vocations in the church, to, to marriage or to a different vocation in the church. And so it was just there. I don't really know where the uh, where where I was or you know how old I was when I first thought uh, I think I want to be a priest when I grow up, but I was probably pretty young, maybe like six. Uh, um, wow! And uh, I would attribute it mostly to the kind of that family environment, simple practice of the faith, and then the presence of the Dominican priests at Holy Rosary. I, um, I think they're 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 warm witness to the priesthood, um, their kindness to me. And uh, they were they were men that I looked up to. Deacon John Paul, many young men during those formation years, especially when they're in high school trying to find their way, many are kind of go to the experience at Quo Vadis days. Was that ever an opportunity for you or were you just really had priests available to you mm-hmm. to help you explore this vocation? Yeah. Um, in fact, um, it's funny you should ask. So we, where, where, where does that, six-year-old idea of what what I might want to be when I grew up um, uh, or what God might be calling me to. Like, how does that mature when, when a guy's in high school? Um, for me, actually, Quo Vadis Days was pretty uh, pivotal. I um, would say it was my opportunity every summer before I went to Quo Vadis Days, each year of high school, before each year of high school. Um, and it was my, my kind of annual opportunity to check back in about that question. And some years I was more 
intent about the priesthood than others. But as, uh, as I continued on in high school, the Covada State experience, I think before my junior year, left me feeling pretty strongly that I needed to look more seriously into uh, going to seminary, possibly uh, college seminary, since, you know, when juniors in high school, they're thinking about what they're going to do for college or um, after high school. And, and so it's that really Covada States provided the, the space for me to, to think about that um, and to pray about that. And, and it's hard to say there was anything sensational. I really, it was more a sense of peace around how peace that I experienced in my heart when I considered uh, that God might be calling me to the priesthood and Covada States provided the, the space. Mm. Um, how wonderful are you? So yeah, I, I, I've I've since helped with Covada stays as a seminarian sure. and seen it from a different angle. It's just been it's been kind of a delightful uh, uh, experience. But uh, yeah, so. Our own son was able to attend Covada Stays again through the Archdiocese of Seattle. I highly recommend it. Even if your son is like, oh, no, I'm not going to be a priest. Having the opportunity just to even explore their own faith and and then really let God help them decide what that is. Oh, it's such a wonderful experience. Deacon John Paul Tomasi joining me today. He soon will be Father John Paul Tomasi, God willing, at his ordination coming up in Seattle on June 3rd. Well, Deacon John Paul, so yes. you, you had this experience. I love that you say that, that sometimes and during some summers and some years that it was stronger than others, but always leading you towards this moment in your life. When you left high school, did you go straight into seminary or did you go to a local college first, graduate? Kind of what was your process then through seminary to where you are now? Following my uh, last school of Otis days as a camper, um, I had a conversation with the vocations director in Seattle and he said he'd be uh, willing if it, if the, if this sense and prayer remains with me um, after Covada stays, he thinks you don't just want to go off of a retreat high, but, but, uh, but he, he said, if, you know, if this remains with you for a week, let me know and I'll give you the application. Um, and I uh, filled out the application in my senior year of high school. And um, though there were intervening events. I ended up going to college seminary um, in my in, in that, that year after high school. I, I um, went to Gonzaga University as a, a freshman and um, began at Bishop White Seminary, which currently I think Portland and Seattle both sent to Bishop White. Um, uh, it's a is a small college seminary that's um, uh, connected to um, the uh, to Gonzaga University, but is run by the Diocese of Spokane. Um, and so that's where I went for college. It was a real blessing to be able to come to that discernment in high school that I needed to take a more serious look at this and then uh, enter college seminary, um, which wasn't a one, like a, wasn't a final decision that, that certain, that definitely going forward to priesthood, but instead college seminaries, a, especially focused on forming men as good Christian men um, and helping them to then discern if they will continue on to major seminary, we say, uh, after college. And uh, in that case, they'd be more seriously taking steps directly toward the priesthood. 
Such an exciting time now for you. And we know that you did take those steps to seminary and now you're transitional diaconate, not to uh, just about a year ago. And now, well, those steps to the priesthood coming up in just a few days. Deacon John Paul, I've really enjoyed our conversation so far. And there's more I want to talk to you about, especially how you're feeling kind of leading up to these days and how the diocese is asked you to prepare yourself leading up to your ordination. I am coming up against my break. Can you stay with me through the break so we can continue in the next half hour? And I am back with Deacon John Paul Tomasi. Deacon John Paul is a transitional deacon. And on June 3rd, well, he will be Father John Paul. He's joining us today to tell us a little bit about his journey and, well, what's on the horizon now for him. Deacon Mm -hmm. John Paul, thank you so much for staying with me today. Thank you. It's been delightful. Well, as a parishioner at Holy Redeemer, I know that in the year that we have been parishioners there, you were on the minds, hearts, and prayers of so many people who just have been praying with you as you journey towards the priesthood. It is just a short time away, June 3rd, at St. James Cathedral in Seattle. But you did have some help and preparation getting there, including two years as part of your pastoral years, part of your training. Kind of tell our listeners a little bit about what you were able to do, where you were at, and well, if there's anything that was a, a a nice surprise that you weren't expecting being able to serve people as a transitional deacon. Um, yeah, uh, well, just a, a, a little a point of clarification. I um, have my pastoral years, you're correct there. I, I So I did, um, it, it's normal for a seminarian, say, to do one pastoral year, and uh, I know in the Archdiocese of Portland, it's, it's been common that a transitional deacon uh, is uh, ordained a deacon and then uh, does a pastoral year. Uh, in Seattle, we, we place the pastoral year often earlier in theology, um, in theological studies, uh, between the second and third year. All of this is changing with the kind of some, some changes that are occurring within the program for priestly formation throughout the, the country. Um, but at least uh, under the system that I was uh, in, it was most common in Seattle or our pastoral years after two years of theological studies. Um, and uh, so the, uh, I had a, a really a real blessing to be able to do, um, in fact, two different pastoral years, uh, partly because I, I kind of needed it. I had been in school my whole life and I got through with my first year of theology um, and I've struggled in school for for years and, and uh, just uh, it was it was a real I think I was losing a lot of energy and, and fervor and and my uh, vocations director invited me to consider and um, I, I think we, we both quickly agreed it would be a good idea um, for me to just go out to the parish and uh, work for a year and see what it, see what it's like and it was a, a, a real a real blessing that was I did I spent that year at St. Pius X in Mount Lake Terrace um, and uh, that community really embraced me. The the pastor, Father Cal Christensen, um, uh, one of one of the priests who I will ask to vest me as a priest. Um, he he was a great mentor, and it was it was a real vibrant uh, community. I think maybe in terms of surprises, um, I, I was surprised by how formative it was um, in uh, in in terms of Hispanic ministry. The uh, parish had a large Hispanic community. Um, and also, uh, I lived with uh, Hispanic missionaries, lay missionaries, 
who lived in the rectory with uh, me and Father Cal, and we prayed together in Spanish regularly. Um, and I got to see their work and uh, the kind of the energy and zeal that they brought, really preaching the gospel, um, teaching Bible classes. And that, so that was kind of interesting. The missionary servants, the word, they were a, a surprise for me to, to be able to kind of uh, work around them and, and see, see their work. Also, then after my uh, second year of theology, I did another pastoral year at St. Anthony's uh, in Renton, Washington, uh, not far from SeaTac Airport. And uh, that was with then Father Jack Shrum, who has now become Father Michael Shrum, OSB, a Benedictine monk at Mount Angel. And so I was there during his last year as a diocesan priest, wow. um, which it was a lot of wonderful things happening there uh, where we were all going different directions. And uh, I think there I, I really learned a lot from the community's devotional life, that, that, that parish at St. Anthony's. And the pastor, Father, uh, Father now Michael, um, just a, a deep life of devotion and, and to see how the spiritual life of a parish and of a priest can benefit each other. And that, that was something very beautiful. It's amazing. Our Lord, I mean, knows us better than we know ourselves in places before mm-hmm. us and in our lives. Those people that really... Well, want to help us along and guide us along the way. And, and, you know, those are those relationships that, uh, yeah, we'll always look back on and we'll thankful for those people who helped you along the way. Deacon John Paul Tomasi joining us today. He is a transitional deacon with the Archdiocese of Seattle. Well, talk about surprises. Now, Deacon John Paul, I am connected through uh, Facebook and social media to the Archdiocese of Seattle. And lo and behold, mm-hmm. ahead of your ordination, your placement uh, once you were ordained a priest has already been announced. Tell our listeners where you're going to be going. Sure. Yeah, um, I'll be going to St. Michael Parish in Olympia, uh, Washington. And uh, um, that, that that was announced uh, this past weekend. I uh, I hope that the the whole parish has heard by now, um, but uh, yeah, it, it's it's a wonderful parish from everything I've heard, it, and and also a real blessing to be with the um, the pastor there, Father Jim Lee, um, and uh, I've, I've looked up to him a lot during my time in formation, um, as he's a uh, he's uh, suffered with ALS, Lou Gehrig's mm-hmm. disease, and done so very uh, beautifully. Um, so that's. Uh, It'll be a real blessing to be able to work alongside him and to to learn from him. I think he'll he'll have a lot to teach me. And also the parish, you know, I'm sure will oh, teach me plenty. Such yeah. a vibrant church, a church with a school. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. well, again, many blessings. And, and again, what a wonderful opportunity for the parishioners to, to really guide and be with you and learn from you as you kind of become the priest that God meant you to be. Deacon John Paul, none of us mm-hmm. get to our destinations, our vocations, find our way closer to the Lord without many people guiding us away throughout your life. God has placed so many, starting right with the family that you were born to, who have prayed with you, guided you, and and just really sent you off and willingly uh, to the Lord. I would love to give you this opportunity right now to just take a moment and thank those people who along your way, I know it's probably countless, but anybody that you, you just want to point out in our interview and time today on the air? Well, yeah, certainly. I, you named it. Uh, with uh, family, I, I would not be where I am without um, without my parents, Tim and Kathleen. So uh, I'm looking at my dad right now. I can see him. There you go. Uh, so thanks, Dad and Mom. Uh, and uh, 
also, I, I think a, a very formative presence in terms of the faith in our family. Um, our deceased, uh, my maternal grandmother, Mary Walsh, who I believe half of Portland um, uh, received first com communion under her, uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> under her, yeah, uh, her guidance uh, and guidance. teaching. Yeah, uh, she she taught I think thirty some years of first communion preparation at Holy Rosary. Um, uh, really a wonderful woman and, and a, a strong faith that she imparted to her family. Um, so uh, thanks be to God for her life. And um, also, uh, yeah, the parishes I served um, and and the pastors there um, that, that I mentioned, uh, you know, St. Anthony's and St. Pius and uh, Father Michael and Father Cal, um, uh, great mentorship, as well as other parishes I've served in uh, maybe uh, uh, other capacities, uh, shorter time frames. Um, real, uh, real, a lot of, a lot of real blessings from them, the seminaries I've attended, um, and the leadership of those seminaries. So Bishop White Seminary, Mount Angel and Mondeline seminaries, um, really uh, wonderful professors and, and, uh, formation faculty, spiritual directors along the way. Um, uh, yeah. And, uh, most of all, of course, thanks be to God, to, uh, Jesus for asking him to, asking me, pardon, uh, to, enter into a, a deep friendship with him and to serve him and serve alongside him. Well, Deacon John Paul, I just want to thank you so much for your time today. We will continue to pray for you, especially I'm sure that uh, you're leading into this, just these last few days, just be a time of peaceful prayer. Before we go, will you end us in prayer and your deacon's blessing? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Lord, we thank you for this time that, that you've given us. Uh, we thank you for all the all the vocations that you bless the church with, to consecrated life, religious life, holy matrimony, and holy orders. We ask that you always uh, guide us closer to your heart as we uh, seek to serve you. We ask this through the intercession of your blessed mother as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May God, who is blessed above all, bless you in all things through Christ, so that whatever may happen in your life may work together for your good. Amen. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, come down on you and remain with you forever. And go in peace. Thanks be to God. Deacon John Paul, thank you so much for taking the time today to talk with us. We will continue to pray for you in these days leading up to your ordination and beyond. We ask you to continue to keep Mater Day Radio and our listeners in your prayers as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you.